Ontario, we are losing billions with the way we are rewarding our big infrastructure projects. And it's kind of alarming because when, when we build these big projects, the bids for who builds them are very restricted to small groups of, of companies with unions that have cozy relationships. And what it does is stack the deck in favor of them and not what is in the best interest for taxpayers. And a new report by Cardis shows that special union deals are costing Ontarians billions more than we should be paying. So here's an example. Ontario Generation, Power Generation, issued construction contracts for refurbishment of the Darlington and Bruce nuclear plants. And only a couple of groups were allowed to bid. And the winning estimate came in at $25.8 billion. And had the contracts been tendered openly, we would have had more competition. But we didn't. So it cost us an extra $5.2 billion. And those bids were clearly inflated. Or it looks like that. Which, on, you know, if you're on the receiving end, that's great. But if you put that into perspective, and why I get so mad about things like waste, I mean, that's personal care for every Ontario senior in long-term care for years. But that's not how it runs. I want to bring Brian DeMica, DeKaima, sorry, onto the program. He is a program director of work uh, and economics over at Cardis who did the investigation into this. And he joins me now with more details. Brian, it seems pretty clear from your study that, uh, well, we're being ripped off. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been ripped off for a long time. And uh, what what makes it so bad is that this was all an accident. Uh, If you look at how it came to be that uh, cities, uh, the provincial government, the Toronto District School Board, the Toronto Community Housing Corporation all became restricted. That means uh, that they've been prevented from taking full advantage of the specialties of the market. Uh, It was an accident. And as a result, we're paying uh, millions and millions and millions of dollars too much for infrastructure. And quite frankly, we have a lot of need for infrastructure, but we don't have a lot of money. So yeah, you're right. Is it an accident or is it uh, a convenient, um, you know, you rub my back, I'll rub yours? Because, you know, accidents can be fixed. These haven't been fixed. And we know that the unions tend to support whatever government is good to them. Is that a a play in this? Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that it's gone on so long um, and it's become a political issue is is exactly what you described. Um, But the reality is it shouldn't. All all governments, all developed economies in, in, this, uh, in the Western world in particular, uh, and all developed economies, uh, governments that want to build the best infrastructure for their citizens, all of them have a commitment to these, these three core principles, which is fairness, openness, and competitiveness. And what that means, effectively, is that the government is there not to pick and choose winners, not to pick and choose players. They're there to get the best value for their dollars. And the best way to do that is to have a broad and deep competitive pool of contractors who are all competing together to try to win the work that your tax dollars and my tax dollars pay for. And, you know, we've, we did some research uh, in Ontario, uh, in a number of spots in Ontario, but one place is the region of Waterloo. Yeah. Um, and we saw that after our closed tendering um, came in, and just for clarity, what closed tendering means is that um, the 
majority of companies are not are no longer able to bid on public work, mainly or only because their workers have chosen to join the wrong union, so to speak. So mm-hmm. it basically means only one companies affiliated with one type of union can bid. So when we did that, we looked at that in in Waterloo. Eighty four percent of the bidders disappeared. Um, and what 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 that means ultimately is that eighty four percent of the bidders of the companies are no longer able to bid because their workers have exercised their right to associate with with another union or with a union that um, uh, that acts differently or with no union whatsoever. And quite frankly, that goes against the purposes of government. And and not only that, it costs the taxpayer more. So you're you're paying more and you're getting less. And uh, that's not what we need in Ontario right now. Well, it's not what we need, but it doesn't seem to ever really be about the needs of Ontarians, or this would have been corrected a long time ago. Um, And so, you know, we've got a government in now that says it's for the people. What could they and should they be doing then to correct this? Well, I think they've made some good moves. They signaled in the in the throne speech that uh, they were going to open up procurement to competitive tendering. That's uh, that's a good signal. I, I think that, um, if, quite frankly, it's in line with this uh, the, the basic understanding of of all governments. In fact, that all governments should do that. They should be not picking and choosing uh, between its citizens on on the way that they choose to to work within their companies. You know. Companies and the construction industry is a very diverse industry. Certain companies get good at certain things. Other companies get good at certain things. Um, some workers will choose to join with the building trades. That's a mm-hmm. wonderful thing. Other workers will choose to join the CLAC. That's a wonderful thing. Other workers will choose to go non-union. That's, that is entirely within their, within their rights to do so, and it's, it's a good thing. That diversity sure. uh, leads to a strong market. People will develop certain innovations and edges within the, with the model they work. Government shouldn't be picking and choosing, and the fact that the government is saying it's moving towards an open and competitive construction tendering market is good for the province. Well, it is, and we always hear the argument between private versus public, and sometimes it's better to go private, sometimes it's not. We had great success uh, taking garbage private in Toronto. It has been a model that has worked very well, saved a lot of money, but we also know, um, you know, contracting out things like snow plows, a private company, they didn't do necessarily their due diligence, they didn't do a great job. So it can work, but it has to be done properly. But again, the more competition you get, and you take the best credentials and the best exactly. uh, plan, that to me is an obvious for the taxpayer. Yeah, it is. It's obvious to you. It's obvious to everybody who works in the industry. Quite frankly, if you ask anybody in procurement whether uh, a union, uh, their union status is a uh, justifiable uh, criteria for whether someone should get a job or not, it, it, it isn't. Uh, certain things like safety and past experience are, but those things are all accounted for and um, it's often done. Um, what I find fascinating, this isn't really a question of private or not, no, no city really um, has the expertise to build, say, a water treatment plant. So just an example of, of something. You don't have a whole bunch of city workers who have the experience to do that. So governments almost always um, contract those big projects out to private companies. So it's not a question of public versus private. Yeah. It's a question of whether the public is getting the best value for dollars, which comes by way of competitive environments of companies using a variety of labor models, working to provide the best value for the taxpayer. Well, and not to mention, I mean, we've had procurement done on projects. You, you look at the Union Station, which uh, we're at, what, seven yeah. years now, still yeah. A, yeah. A, a dump. Close, and you look at the, yeah, and um, you look at yeah. the uh, Pickering Bridge where they built it upside down. 
um, you know. Well, I, I mean, this is this is one thing. It's I think it's important to note. Look, big projects. This is big projects go over budget all the time. There's there's lots of scholars. There's a scholar at the University of Toronto who's done lots of work on that. They go over budget all the time. So if you know that that's going to happen and that's endemic to these big projects, why would you? You have to ask yourself why would you want to limit yourself to just a few companies? Why wouldn't you want to say, look, let's open it up to any company that might be able to do a better job on this? And that, that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's not, it's not a panacea. We're not going to suddenly get free water treatment plants or anything like that. There's still going to be cost. But the reality is it's the competitive environment, the fact that companies compete against one another to provide best value. They find unique and innovative ways to build things. That's what drives public value. And that's what, that's what needs to be at the forefront of any government that wants to, you know, govern for the good of the province as a whole. Or the people. Well, uh, you know, and, and just to touch upon it, because it is an issue, you, you talk about skimming where you get these, that the bids that are so bloated. Um, that's essentially just kind of, that, that's stealing. Well, yeah, I mean, we've seen, we've seen evidence of this in, in a variety of places. I mean, the OECD, which is a, sort of a major um, uh, global economic uh, uh, research uh, group, they've done lots of work that show that um, bid rigging goes up, collusion goes up when you restrict bidding. That's actually not, um, that's not controversial. That happened in Quebec, uh, if you remember the Charbonneau report that yeah. showed tremendous uh, amounts of corruption. Those things, if you look at it, if you look at the, what, what leads to that type of corruption, it's exactly that type of uh, lack of competition uh, and accountability and transparency and openness that leads to the, the sort of seedbed in which that corruption grows. I'm not saying Ontario's there, although Toronto, quite frankly, does. Uh, I'm not sure if the, it's finished yet, but there was an OPP investigation. But you don't want to set up a structure which encourages that. You want to set up a structure which is open and accountable and fair and competitive. Yeah, well... It would be nice to get someone working on behalf of the tax you know, payer. I know it's a novel approach, but hey, I'm hoping that... Hey, uh, I live in Hamilton. Uh, I pay taxes <laughs> in Hamilton. Yes, and, you do. Uh, quite frankly, yes, I would. I'd like to have my water treatment plant built by anybody in Hamilton who's qualified to do it, regardless of who they choose to work with. And Lord knows there are definitely qualified uh, companies in uh, Hamilton. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian, very much. Alex, it's a pleasure talking to you. That is Brian Dykema joining us from good old Steeltown. That report bothers me. That's a lot of money to waste. And hopefully Doug Ford will stop it. And he can. I'm Alex Pearson and this is Global News Radio.